Hi, I'm Jo Rochelle, and this is Girl Wonder, a thoughtful and relaxing podcast that analyzes comics on Webtoon. If you want to dive deep into theories and relive some of the biggest moments in your favorite Webtoons, then you're absolutely in the right place. Sit back, relax, and we'll get started. Today on the podcast, we are talking about episodes 172, 173, and 174 of Lore Olympus by Rachel Smythe. And before we start, I have to encourage you to check out the links in the description box of this podcast episode because there are some great ways to support the creator of this series. One of my favorite things to do is to go to the Hot Topic website and just browse the Lore Olympus merch that they have because I just... I stay buying things on that website. <laughs> I just ordered two enamel pins that are of Hades and Persephone that I'm definitely going to put in my podcasting closet so I can look at that every day as I podcast. And don't forget, you can buy Lore Olympus in print. So I left the link to that as well. Volume one is amazing. So please check that out and support Rachel Smythe. And if you find yourself enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to check out patreon.com slash girlwonder. That is where I have one tier and one tier only. It's $1 a month and I post early podcast episodes there. That is the main function of my Patreon right now. So if you don't want to wait, we're already up to Laura Olympus episode 180. That has already been discussed, analyzed, and we're catching up quickly to the mid-season finale. So excited to talk to you about that. So definitely check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. And now our top cities that have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Ocala, West Jordan, Frederick, San Antonio, San Diego, and Toronto. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. All right, let's get into it. Lore Olympus, Episode 172, Burst. Here is a summary. Hephaestus visits Hera, and Apollo visits Zeus. Meanwhile, Persephone and Hades find out from Hermes that her trial starts tomorrow. Hades comforts Persephone as she freaks out. So Hephaestus stops by and pays his mom Hera a visit and he asks her what happened and she says something came back to haunt me. Now if you remember Hera has not been feeling great ever since she felt like all of her wounds, her scars from her encounters with Kronos have reopened and she's actively bleeding from scars, which is something that should never happen. So yes, something came back to haunt her, but she's so happy that her son came to visit her. Now, if we go back a little in Lore Olympus history, you might remember in episode 142, when Hera and Hephaestus saw each other, Hera said, we miss you at home. And his response to that was to stare at her, look away, and then say, right. He's always been a little cold and distant and awkward with his mother. And so back in episode 142, Hera said, you should come and visit us. Hebe would love to meet you. And Hephaestus's response was, I'll think about it. And I think they've made some progress because if you look at them now in this present episode of 172, he's still shy and he's still awkward, but he has thought about it. He's here. He is visiting his mom now, and she thanks him for what he did for Persephone. Echo is watching them through the glass window, 
And do you see that cute little smile on her face? It's adorable. Once again, I ask this every time she shows up in this comic. Do we trust her? Do we trust Echo as a collective? Are we with her? I'm leaning towards yes, because she seems so happy for Hera. And she orchestrated this. I remember her reaching out to Ares, who reached out to Hephaestus to make sure that Hephaestus would be there for his mom. This is cheering her up. And so Echo did that. She wants Hera to be happy. So that's good. I'm trusting her. And then, of course, Zeus shows up and stops Echo and demands to know what Hephaestus is doing here. Zeus says, you're supposed to be keeping me updated. Don't forget about our arrangement. And of course, you know, I zoomed in on that arrangement. Then we see Echo. She has that like sweat drop, which is a telltale sign of either feeling guilty or feeling like you were caught or just a negative feeling is on Echo's face. She's definitely entered some kind of arrangement with Zeus. So what did you think of the moment when Zeus said, my wife is already stressed out enough as it is. Bringing Hephaestus back into the mix is only going to end in heartache. Is he really looking out for her? Is he looking out for Hera here? Or is he just being persnickety and terrible? (laughs) It could really be two things here with Zeus because we've seen him care for her Very little, but we have seen it. We can't deny that he was there for her when her scars were opening up and she was bleeding. Zeus came in clutch in that moment, and there was physical touch there. There was comforting there. He does care about Hera. But this in this moment, it just feels like he just doesn't want Hephaestus around at all, and we need to dig deeper into why. So I'm interested in seeing more backstory. We're always wondering what's Hephaestus's backstory going to be in Lore Olympus, especially when we know in the lore it was Hera who abandoned him. So we'll just have to see about that. But Echo gets a message and has to leave in a hurry. Most likely this is when she hears about what happened to Daphne because she gets really emotional really fast and so distracted that Zeus is like, hey, pay attention to me. You should be paying attention to me. I'm the king. I'm Zeus. Pay attention to me. Extra444 commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, not everything is about you. Thank God someone finally said it. She did. That's one of the reasons why I'm trusting Echo now. Even if she does have an arrangement with Zeus, she doesn't like being in this arrangement with Zeus and she does not respect him. So that means I trust her. Lilith Cravens commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, and he's probably going to curse her for it. Echo's story is not a nice one. So this commenter is nervous for Echo's fate. So from Britannica.com, here's a little bit of what Echo's story is in the myths. Echo offended the goddess Hera by keeping her in conversation, thus preventing her from spying on one of Zeus's amours. To punish Echo, Hera deprived her of speech, except for the ability to repeat the last words of another. Echo's hopeless love for Narcissus, who we've not met yet in Lore Olympus, who fell in love with his own image, made her fade away until all that was left of her was her voice. That's a terrible fate. We've only met Echo pretty recently in this comic, and I love her, and I don't want anything bad to happen to her, so we'll just have to see how our dear author Rachel chooses to interpret this myth when it comes to Echo. Obviously, in Daphne's story, things have not gone that well for Daphne. Here's hoping things will go well for Echo. 
So she leaves Zeus with tears in her eyes, and little Hebe lets Zeus know that Apollo is here. Apollo's here to see him with a little bird. And not going to lie, when we see that panel of Apollo right after that, he looks pissed. Kitchy Star commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, I very much think Apollo just grabbed Demeter out of frustration and panic. Showing up with her all bloodied, he isn't thinking clearly after being seen by Daphne. She is not a threat in her state, but he is trying to do damage control by throwing anything he can to still have favor with Zeus. I agree with that comment. He looks like he is not stable in this panel. He looks like he is out for blood. And yes, he's directly coming from that encounter with Daphne where she called him out for everything that he has done. And he was attacked by Eros as well. So he's a mess. Meanwhile, Hades and Persephone are cooking together and I love it. But we don't get to enjoy this domestic bliss too much because there is a knock at the door. It's Hermes with news that they have Demeter, Persephone's mom, and her trial starts tomorrow. Honestly, I would need more time. I would need more time than that. I would need much more time, much more of a warning before you tell me that my trial, like my life is on the line tomorrow. That's not fair. I felt so bad for Persephone. I mean, Hades agrees that this is not all right. He's going to talk to his brother. He's going to figure this out. But it's Persephone who insists that she has to go because she has to make sure her mom is okay. And once Hermes leaves, he just drops this bad news and pieces out. He's gone. (laughs) Persephone starts to feel the nerves. She starts to feel anxious and really scared. She says she's okay. She says she's calm, but she's not okay and she's not calm. And I wouldn't be either. She goes to the bathroom. She throws up and Hades is outside the door with a glass of water and she doesn't want him to come into the bathroom. And Hades says, I've seen vomit before. And Persephone says, it will ruin the mystique. (laughs) I mean, I love how there's so much drama happening here, but also so much humor. That's a great moment. Hades is like, F that, I have water for you. And she lets him in. I'm not the only one this part of the episode resonated with. A person commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Honestly, I really appreciate the fact that Rachel created Persephone to handle stress in such a way. I am not happy that Perse has to go through that. But it makes me feel a bit more validated because I don't know that many people who deal with natural responses from their body to stress, such as nausea, except for me. Maybe there are more people than I thought, but I haven't seen too many. I thought that was a great comment because representation is important and we all deal with stress and anxiety in different ways. And it's just so nice that people can feel represented in this comic where the goddess of spring is freaking out that her trial is tomorrow and so she's throwing up and she's just so nervous and she's a wreck and they feel seen by that. I think that's amazing. And I also just think that's great writing to have a character physically feel ill, to physically respond to things. It's such a visual response and visceral for us and feels almost tangible when we see her go through it. We feel it in our bodies too. When Persephone feels that way, so do we. Autumn Dawson commented and said, 
I'm worried that this isn't a stress response. I'm worried it's morning sickness. Whoa. (laughs) Did you just do a double take as well? (laughs) I feel like that took me like so for a loop. I'm just, I'm caught off guard. I am spiraling a little because, wait, what? (laughs) I know it's just a theory, right? This is Autumn Dawson's theory in the comments section of this episode. I'm worried that it isn't a stress response. I'm worried it's morning sickness. We have to consider it. It very much may not be true, but Persephone throwing up in this romance comic, like we have to consider it. And if Persephone were to be pregnant, I think there's like a five to 10% chance that's possible. We have to consider it because this would be a great way to foreshadow it, but mask it so we didn't even notice it as foreshadowing. Hmm. Well, it wouldn't be Apollo's because she went to the doctor and cleared that up a while ago. And maybe we just didn't get to see a moment with her in Hades. I don't know. It's out there. What do you guys think of that theory? Is it possible that Persephone is pregnant and this was foreshadowing? This is morning sickness? Or is it just like, no, she's throwing up because literally her life is on the line tomorrow. I think it's that's pretty likely, but... I just wanted to throw that theory out there because I found that comment to be fascinating. We also have to understand that Persephone's crying and sobbing because this moment is over. This special moment in her life where she gets to live in the underworld with Hades and enjoy his company, it's coming to an end and that's heartbreaking for her. And I love the moment where Persephone says, do you think maybe when the trial is over, I could live in the underworld? Yes, girl. Yes, you can. I wanted to scream at her like, yes, do that. Make yourself happy. Choose you. And I just wanted to answer for Hades because he didn't say yes right away. (laughs) He was like curious that she didn't want to live in Olympus. And no, she clarifies that she wouldn't want to live like in his place. She would have her own place to live, but she wants to stay in the underworld. And Hades wants her to stay close by. And I love when he says, you can have a penthouse with the most breathtaking panoramic views, and you don't have to share your courtyard with anyone. All the floors will be heated, so you'll never get cold. There will be a doorman who will say hello to you every morning and good evening every night. He even promises to bring up her groceries. I just, I want that. (laughs) I want that for me. (laughs) I want a panoramic view. I want the heated floors. Give me the courtyard. (laughs) Kamen writer Jester commented and said, can we talk about how epic Hades is at comfort talk? He seriously painted Persephone the most calming and safe space he could think of, and it helped put her to sleep. He is epic. He is epic indeed. And speaking of epic, here's a really great comment from Unruly Crow on this episode of the Webtoon. They said, Yes, the stark contrast between Hades being actually reassuring and Apollo two chapters before screaming, this is a safe space, while threateningly running after Daphne. Wow, what a contrast. Hades is the true gentleman here. He's truly crafting and creating a safe space while Apollo is like assaulting people and yelling at them and screaming at them that this is a safe space and trying to gaslight them. They could not be more different. I love that someone brought that up. That's awesome. 
The episode ends with Hades delivering a message to his brother Zeus. Blood of mine or not, if you proceed with this trial, I hope you are prepared to live with the consequences. Whoa. (laughs) It was intense. It was an intense message. What kind of consequences do you think Zeus might face from Hades? Like, is he going to stop talking to his brother? Is he going to beat him up? I'm just curious as to what kind of consequences Hades can deliver. Like, is he going to, is there going to be war? There are a lot of options here. But my takeaway from this episode is that Hades is the best comforter in the entire world. And these two are meant to be forever. They complement each other so well. And I especially love when he holds her and says, hey, hey, in what I assume is a very gentle voice. When we come back from this short musical interlude, we will be talking about the trial of Persephone and Demeter. We'll be right back. Here's a summary of episode 173, See You in Court. Persephone and Hades arrive to court on the first day of the trial. A reporter lets Persephone know that Apollo intends to marry her. Persephone can't make her red eyes go back to normal and finally reunites with her mother, Demeter. We start the episode off with two news anchors, Hank Harvey and Jill Dewitt. Yes, I googled those names. No, those people don't exist. (laughs) At least, like, not as news anchors. I'm sure there's someone out there listening whose name is Hank Harvey. Like, I do exist. (laughs) But these two news anchors have loud personalities and really great banter. And I have to say, I appreciate the free Persephone sign in the crowd. Maybe we need a t-shirt that says free Persephone. We have team Persephone. Let's get free Persephone going as well. I found this line from the news anchor really, really interesting. Zeus must be sweating up a storm as the underworld is infamous for producing the sharpest of lawyers, given that it houses the only law school in the four realms. Did that stand out to you as well? That the underworld houses the only law school in the four realms? 7KLA commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, But did Rachel really just say lawyers are from hell? (laughs) That made me laugh. It's funny, like the underworld is where you have to go to practice law. (laughs) CareBear49 commented and said, I think it's a powerful statement about the two kingdoms. Zeus is all about shenanigans, tomfoolery, ruling through tantrum power plays and intimidation, and thinking with his wiener. Hades is all about building a kingdom with a solid infrastructure where all of his subjects, even the newest shades, can find work and lead fulfilling lives. He rules fairly, and even though he can be intimidating, he's really a pretty awesome king. It makes sense that Hades would be the one to have a law school. (laughs) So that's two great ways of looking at it. I just thought it was so interesting. Like, that's where the lawyers are. In hell. (laughs) I have to say, one of my favorite panels in all of Lore Olympus is in this chapter, and it's going to have to be the picture of this podcast episode because it's just so good. 
It's Persephone in her outfit, in her white top and white skirt and her little white hat that's off to the side with her sunglasses, with her pomegranate insignia brooch and Hades behind her, all in black, all with their capes. They're both wearing their signature colors, you know, so bridal, her in white, him in the black. And they look freaking amazing. I love this power couple energy injected into my veins. It is so good. I mean, just look at it. Isn't it king and queen of the underworld come through? It's just, it's so strong. Alice Lynn commented and said, I am loving the glasses on Persephone. Very famous person, couture. <laughs> Andrea Girl 21 said, she looks like Audrey Hepburn with her entire ensemble. Very classy, but serious. So, so many people in the comments were in love with these looks as well, especially Persephone's outfit and glasses. And some people said it reminded them of Jackie Kennedy slash Jackie O, John Lennon, Lady Gaga and her paparazzi music video. And someone said the blind mice from Shrek. <laughs> Persephone's giving us all of this, all of this at once. All of these are style icons, in my opinion, even the blind mice from Shrek. Persephone better work. I love it. So the media asks Persephone about her relationship with the goddesses of eternal maidenhood, especially in light of her relationship with Hades. And Persephone says, with all due respect, my friendship with Hades is nobody's business but my own. I love that. It's really like the paparazzi are hounding her and she's having to talk about things she doesn't want to have to talk about in public. And so Persephone is bombarded by these reporters and they're asking all kinds of intrusive questions, including this one, which makes her stop in her tracks. Persephone, word on the street is that Apollo is petitioning Zeus for the right to marry you. What are your thoughts? This is not something she's heard of. This is not something that Hades has heard about. They're just finding it out now, and it's with a microphone being shoved into their faces. It's awful. And her response in the moment, just on her toes, I think that's pathetic. I have to give Persephone a round of applause. That was a good response. I feel like she said something very honest, very genuine, and like she dragged him for filth. It was great. Mine would not have been so eloquent. I would have been like, what? He's trying to do what? Marry me with what? My thoughts are on what? What? That would have been me. But Persephone said, I think that's pathetic. And she moved on. So she's cool on the outside. But on the inside, Persephone's like falling apart, having a meltdown because she's having another panic attack, basically. She wonders if it's true. She's privately asking Hades, like, what is going on? Is Apollo her abuser? Hades doesn't know about that. But is her abuser trying to marry her? Is he trying to get permission from Zeus to marry her? That's terrifying. And Hades says, no, they're just vultures trying to get a rise out of her. They have no idea. They don't know that like, yeah, he's asked multiple times. Yeah, he wants to marry her, which is terrible. And then Persephone takes off her sunglasses and reveals that her eyes are completely red and she cannot make them turn back. Her eyes have been like this since she woke up. And when I first read this, I went on Instagram and I talked about how in episode 75, 
the future version of Queen Persephone had red eyes. We all noticed it. Dread Queen Persephone, her eyes are red. So this leads me to believe that her eyes are going to be like this in her full glory as the Dread Queen, right? Either it's going to be a permanent thing for Persephone or it's just sometimes her eyes are red and that moment of the future, her eyes happen to be red in that moment, but that's not what they look like all the time. Are you still with me? What do you think? On Instagram, some people responded to me. The Toon Balloon, who has their own really awesome podcast called The Toon Balloon, commented and said, anytime we see her inner, most honest version of herself, like when she gazes into a mirror, we always see her with red eyes. Persephone's experiencing intense emotions, and her eyes always turn red when this happens. I feel like Persephone is slowly embracing that side of herself, which is why she can't make them go back. That side has always been a part of her, an honest, passionate version of her that she has been withholding. The trial is just unlocking new emotions that Persephone is embracing. I think that's an excellent theory as to why Persephone's eyes are red and can't turn back. Like this is a part of you and you don't have to turn them back, Persephone. This is who you are. Embrace it. When you look in the mirror, this is who you see. Embrace it. This is a part of you. I love that theory. Here's another one. Coral Like the Reef responded to me and said, I think it's because her nerves are very high. It's the trial. I don't know if she's eaten the pomegranate, but I definitely feel like she has it in her possession. I think she's waiting to see what happens before she goes through with it. So we have talked about it in a previous podcast episode about Laura Olympus, all about the pomegranate. I think it's called pomegranate, so you can find it. And there are theories where we looked at that tree and did Persephone snatch one for herself? Has she consumed it? Did she not even steal it in the first place? There's a lot of theories running around that. And if she did take the pomegranate, that could explain her eyes being red. I do see why that theory makes sense. Cassian Smith 8 agreed with the Toon Balloon and said, I think she is embracing herself and how powerful she is, as well as her high emotions, I'm sure are playing a part. Yeah, why can't it be a mixture of those things where she's super stressed out, she's super scared, she's about to do something unknown and just very, very scary <laughs> to just be put on trial. Knowing that Zeus is not really fair and knowing that Zeus puts out some terrible punishments. So it could be a mixture of both being really nervous and embracing that she is this powerful being and her eyes are going to look like this. <laughs> and the final Instagram comment I want to share with you is from Rihu, who responded to my question and said, some people say that it's because she ate the pomegranate, but I don't think so. She wouldn't surprise Hades like that. We often saw her with red eyes when she gets emotional, like when she's angry, when she's so sad, when she's happy or thirsty, to be more specific, like the selfie she took with Hades. So I believe it's because she's so emotional and overwhelmed at the moment that she can't calm herself down. I definitely see that. And I think I'm subscribing to that theory right now where Persephone is just in a heightened state and she can't calm down because the trial is today. And when it's over, hopefully her eyes will go back to normal. Well, you know who likes her red eyes? Hades. He says, listen, you look beautiful. And if anyone thinks otherwise, they can go play on the highway. <laughs> Where does Hades come up with this stuff? <laughs>
Where does he find these things to say that just make Persephone feel so seen and so heard? He's awesome for her. So Persephone is told that she gets 15 minutes with her mom. And when they finally reunite, they tearfully hug. And Demeter explains that Leto captured her, imprisoned her in an enchanted cage, and that prevented her from understanding what everyone was saying. And Sam and the Diamonds commented and said, If Demeter couldn't understand what anyone is saying, she has no idea that Apollo and Leto are scheming to get Persephone to marry him. Yep. Poor Demeter was a bird for real. (laughs) She thought she was going to be a bird for a little while. She was a bird for a long while. She was a real, real bird. (laughs) Demeter thinks Persephone looks different. She's kind of scrutinizing her daughter, to be honest. She's like, you can fly now. She's looking at her outfit. She's telling her she looks too skinny. Is she eating enough? She notices the pomegranate brooch. That tips her off. She asks, where have you been? You were staying with Hecate, right? And why is an underworld staff member referring to you as my lady? So many questions, Demeter. And they're like helicopter parent questions right now. Persephone has a question that she needs answered first. And that is, am I a fertility goddess? So Lou Mayhem commented and said, just a thought. What if Persephone is wearing the pomegranate and being called my lady because she and Hades secretly married to help potentially save her? I'm probably wrong, but it's a thought. You know what? It's okay to be wrong. We have to theorize because sometimes we are right. Every once in a while on this podcast, I've been right with a theory. This could be the one. Maybe Hades and Persephone secretly got married, and that's why she wears this pomegranate brooch and is being called my lady because you know what? She is the lady of the underworld. I'm not throwing that out. In fact, that theory is only going to pick up more speed in the next episode that we discuss. But before that, my takeaway this episode is that Demeter and Persephone have definitely clashed before. But right now, we're heading into maybe one of their biggest disagreements. It is time for Persephone to step into herself as a grown-up. And Demeter, it's time for her to accept it. After this short musical interlude, we are talking about the moment that Hades makes a little slip, has a little word vomit come out, (laughs) a little verbal diarrhea on Hades' part because he calls Persephone his... You know what? We'll just talk about it right after this short musical interlude. We'll be right back. summary of episode 174, Double Windsor. Hades confronts Zeus and Apollo about Apollo trying to marry Persephone. Hades slips and calls Persephone his wife. Persephone talks to her mother about being a fertility goddess, and once the trial begins, Persephone nominates Hades as her attorney. This episode is called Double Windsor. And I had to Google Double Windsor because I had never really heard that before. And the only thing that comes up really is the Double Windsor Knot. The Free Dictionary describes it as a wide triangular slipknot used to tie a four-in-hand necktie. So let's just keep that in mind. Why would Rachel title this episode Double Windsor? 
So Hades dramatically confronts Zeus after having a quick conversation with Hecate. He very dramatically confronts Zeus and asks, can you explain to me why some reporter seems to think that you're trying to marry off Persephone to Apollo? And before Zeus even gets a chance to answer, we hear, because he is. It's Apollo. He is here. He is here talking about himself in the third person. (laughs) Just to be a little bit more obnoxious. (laughs) He says, because he is, you've played house with Persephone for long enough. And this is where Hades, he nearly changes form. He changes appearance. You know, he does that thing where he kind of glows in the dark. We've seen it before, and this comes from heightened emotion. This is how we know that Hades is going through some things right now because he's glowing in the dark. And he says, you have been brutalizing my wife for months. That sentence, whoa, he said my wife, and he said it in a very protective way. You've been brutalizing my wife for months. And he doesn't even know the half of it. He does not know how awful Apollo has been to his wife and to Persephone at all. It's also funny, too, because they're like, their relationship is not that clearly defined yet. And he's like, we are all the way in wife territory. She lives with me. She is nice to me. We cook together. She is my wife. And that is where Hades is right now. And I am here for it. I've been feeling like their husband and wife material since episode two. So I'm glad that Hades has caught up. I'm glad he had this slip. And when I read it, I was like, this is not a drill. This really happened. We all noticed. We all caught that, Hades. (laughs) Apollo caught it. He says, oh, so she's your wife now? Don't Call Me Amy commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, the staff calling her my lady, her wearing the pomegranate pin, and Hades calling her his wife. Did they do something? Because it feels like they've done something. Yeah, I mean, that's a theory we're floating around a little bit. Did they do something, you guys? Did they? I mean, did he slip because this is foreshadowing and they're married? Or is there no way that's happened? Let's dig into a few more theories. Starling Skies commented and said, I would love it if that was a secret plot twist and they eloped the night before so that she could seek refuge in the underworld. But I think that if that was really the case, then she wouldn't have freaked out about the reporter mentioning Apollo, though I could be wrong. I mean, that would be a pretty hefty, strong, surprising, but foreshadowed plot twist if it were to happen. I would not be mad at it. As long as we get to flashback and see their elopement, I don't know if I would be mad at it. Jasmarie commented on this episode and said, I love the idea but I think our amazing author is going to give us the full out wedding for all of us fangirls, not a quick secret elopement. I mean, I would take it anyway. If they're getting married, I'm there for them. If this was the best way for them to protect Persephone, I'm down with it. But I also understand that it would be awesome to see them get married in a full big ceremony. But why not both? Why can't we have it all? (laughs) let's have it all. Let's get the secret elopement. And he's been saying my wife because huge plot twist. They got married. And then later down the road, they can do an official ceremony with all of their friends and family. Let's have it all. (laughs) Kalinda Cat is going back to the whole pomegranate thing by saying, I'm really thinking she ate the palm. 
The underworld knows it instinctively. That's why they're so reverent towards her. That's why she's wearing the pin. And that's why her eyes won't turn back. In all of the Dread Queen art of her, her eyes are red too. Yes. So that is a pretty strong theory that multiple people have had at this point, And we can't forget about it. That could be it. She may have eaten that pomegranate. We'll just have to see. But Hades is shook and admits that he misspoke. And this is around the time where Zeus tells Apollo to leave. He says, if you're just going to antagonize my brother, you can't hang out with us. <laughs> That's such a mean girl's moment. <laughs> Zeus really said, you can't sit with us <laughs> in the cafeteria to Apollo. And Apollo does storm out like a petulant child, super upset. Blue Falcon LK commented and said, on Wednesdays, we wear ties. You can't sit with us. <laughs> I love that Blue Falcon mentioned ties because while Zeus is talking to Hades and explaining that Apollo's been up his ass about marrying Persephone for ages, he did me a huge favor recently, so I told him I would think about it. I never said yes. While all of that's going on, Hades takes Poseidon's tie and ties it. So what does that make you think of? Double Windsor, right? Miss Melons commented and said, I know we are all screaming over Hades calling Persephone his wife, but Hades tying Poseidon's tie is an underrated moment. It did stand out. It stood out to me for sure. I thought it was really cute. And just to call out Zeus a little bit more, he says he told Apollo he would think about it, but he was not going to say yes, it's not going to happen. But Zeus, Zeus, you should not have even been thinking about it. You should not even have made that promise to think about it. You've known since like episode 15 or 17 that Hades likes Persephone. And at this point in the story, you know that she likes him back. You can tell. So you should not even be considering or entertaining the idea of marrying her off to someone else. Even if you don't really mean it, don't string it along. Like, if you were a really great brother, you would cut that and, like, nip it in the bud and not do that. But Zeus promises it's not going to happen. And you know what broke my heart? What broke my heart was when Hades said, she's afraid of Apollo, you know? And then he left the room. Like, that was the last thing he said. He came in here with the sole purpose of advocating for Persephone, and he did that. He really did. I mean, even when he said, you've been brutalizing my wife for, you know, it's just like, he really wants to protect her. And I love that about him. And so when he said she's afraid of Apollo, you know, that was one of those moments for me where I could almost hear Hades' voice really clearly, like the timbre of his voice, even though this is a comic and we cannot hear voices as we read, no voice other than my own. It just felt like I could hear him. I could hear how he would say that line. I thought that was really good. It just shows that that was a really well-written moment. Marion Barreto commented and said, Zeus may be foolish and selfish, but that's a little brotherly moment right there. Apollo is a pain in everybody's ass, and I honestly hope Zeus will think about it. I mean, there's a huge bead of sweat when Hades told him Persephone's scared of Apollo. So maybe, maybe. I'm hard on Zeus because I know he could be better and he's in a leadership position and someone's got to be hard on him. <laughs> but I do admit that it was good that he kicked Apollo out of there 
even if it was super mean girls of him, <laughs> especially because it was super mean girls of him to be like, you can't sit with us. You can't hang out with us if you're going to do this. No, we don't want you. That was good. And we're back to Persephone, who asks her mom, am I a fertility goddess? And Demeter's response is, what makes you ask that, precious treasure? <laughs> Homegirl is just, she's got two tactics here. Her first tactic is to answer the question with a question and hope that Persephone forgets that she wanted to know this. And her second tactic is, let's just butter her up. Let us use some sugary, sweet words. I'm going to call my daughter precious treasure in this moment, and then maybe she'll forget that she asked me this. That feels like Demeter's plan here because she looks guilty AF. Demeter tries her best to get out of this conversation. She's like, now might not be the best time to discuss this topic. Finally, Demeter says, it's just an old wives tale. I wouldn't put too much stock in rumors. And Persephone says that's odd because Apollo seems to be under the impression that I'm a fertility goddess and for some reason very valuable to him. I don't like it when someone else knows more about me than I do. I wouldn't like that either, Persephone. <laughs> I'm getting upset sitting here right now thinking about that. But Demeter is not in like an empathetic position right now. She's not feeling empathy or sympathy for her daughter. She's just thinking well, you're too young to be concerned about this. That's my responsibility. She's going into her shelter Persephone mode instead of listen to Persephone mode. And Persephone points out that Hermes was stealing cattle and making handcrafted musical instruments as a baby. That baby had independence. <laughs> and baby Hermes is so cute. What a trip. <laughs> Just looking so mischievous in that panel. I love it. But yeah, Persephone doesn't get more answers from her mom because it's time to go. Their 15 minutes are up and it's time to go to the trial where Persephone has the opportunity to nominate her own attorney. And Zeus is like, no, you can't do that. You have to use one of these community defense attorneys. And the guy that looks over at her looks so creepy. Persephone's like, no, nah, uh-uh. <laughs> so Persephone has come prepared and know that she and Hades did a lot of preparation for this. And it shows because when Zeus tells her, no, she can't nominate her own attorney. She says, well, according to bylaw 21J, I was notified of my trial less than 72 hours ago, which entitles me to select my own attorney. Yes. Snaps for Persephone. Yes, legally blonde. Yes, legally Persephone. <laughs> Does she not look like Elle Woods? Does she not look like Elle Woods from Legally Blonde in this scene in her outfit? And she's already pink. She's already got the goods. This is Elle <laughs> just coming out of Persephone in the courtroom. I see it. And the episode ends with Persephone nominating none other than Hades, king of the underworld, as her attorney. He has her back. <laughs> Get you someone like Hades who will be your attorney and help you because that's like, I don't know what more we could ask of him. He's been incredible. My takeaway from this episode is that at this point, marriage just has to be on the way. It is being hinted at left and right in every direction. We are getting so close to them being married. That slip of the tongue that Hades had calling Persephone his wife, that happened in front of Apollo, his enemy, and his brother who he's currently upset with. It's like, 
that came out at an interesting time. It didn't come out when he was like in a safe and loving environment where it's like my wife. Oh, I'm sorry. It was like it came out of sheer wanting to protect Persephone. Hades sees her as his wife deep, deep down for that to have happened the way it happened. And I love that. That was a breakdown of episodes 172, 173, and 174 of Lore Olympus by the awesome Rachel Smythe. Please join me next time when we talk about the next few episodes where Hermes and Thanatos are called to the stand and the trial of Persephone really gets underway and there are some twists and turns that we must talk about. That podcast episode is already up on my Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. If you become a patron, you can listen to it early where it covers episodes 175 through 180. I had an awesome time analyzing Lore Olympus with you. All right, let's wrap this up. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here's a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to Rue.Nightmaker on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. New episodes of Girl Wonder are uploaded on Saturdays. I'm Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again next week. Bye.